Cowboys 44, Giants 20. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. We've got a giant loss to talk about. The Giants are now 1-4, which is definitely not where they wanted to be. We're going to talk about this game, but a lot of it's not like the, you know, on-the-field stuff we want to talk about. It's the injuries. Like, this team got banged up in this game, Justin. I mean, they went into it without Sterling Shepard and Andrew Thomas, who you can argue that like those two guys were the most valuable players for Daniel Jones this season. Darius Slayton out. You know, Nick Gates and Shane Lemieux injured earlier in the year, and then, then Shane Lemieux is a replacement, and Ben Bredesen gets hurt. And then you get Saquon goes out in the second drive of the game with an ankle injury. He's going to be out for some time. Daniel Jones gets his brain mashed on you know one of the worst concussion hits I've, I've seen in a long time. And then, you know, Kenny Galladay doesn't come out for the second half. And, you know, I, I pointed out, if you look at the 11 starters from week one on offense, eight of those guys did not start the second half. You know, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates. The only three that are are Nate Solder and Kyle Rudolph. If there's two players on the entire starting lineup, you'd say, please get rid of it. It'd be those two. And then Will Hernandez being the third, who, after a bad week one, has played kind of well this season. Justin, I mean, what, what, like, what? When you think of this game, what do you think of? Do you think about the big loss? Do you think about Kadarius Tony or all the injuries? I, I think of the injuries, and frankly, you know, I'm not mad. You know, after a loss, sometimes you can be mad, and your brain goes to Gettleman, Judge, this, that, missing on this pick, you know, missing on that pick. I mean, it, today, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm sad. I, I'm really sad because some of our favorite players are hurt. You know, no matter how you feel about Saquon Barkley and you know, this is inevitably the the risk that you take by investing a lot in a running back. But nevertheless, I don't even want to talk about that. It it sucks. I mean, it sucks what that dude has to go through. And these are rootable guys. Daniel Jones is easily the most rootable guy, I think, on the team next to Andrew Thomas. Um, you know, young guys that you want to invest in, young guys that we want to believe in and we do believe in. I think those guys have kind of earned that right for us to believe in Andrew Thomas and Daniel Jones. And you know, to go through the wave of emotions of, oh, Andrew Thomas, oh, is he hurt? He's limping. What does it mean? Oh, cool, he's suiting up. And then, oh, boy, Nate Solder's at left tackle. To go through those wave of emotions, even just pregame, to have everything that happened during the game. Kenny Galladay also getting hurt to another guy that we were like, oh, this guy could have a really good game this game. He has a lot of momentum under him. It, it, I'm just, I'm sad, you know, really, because looking at this season, you know, this, is, this isn't even a game where I'm, like I said, I'm not mad, but now we're one and four. And again, you know, we're, we're looking at it where this season is basically over and it's definitely over, you know, considering what news we could have by when, by Wednesday's cleanup and mailbag show about the future of Daniel Jones, the future of Saquon Barkley and the future of Kenny Galladay and the rest of these guys that are hurt. So, um, I, I'm sad. I, I'm really, I really am sad. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're playing the Rams this week and you know, the saving grace last year was the division. Well, now the Cowboys are four and one, you know, like, like. In, and again, unless there's a serious injury for Dak Prescott, there's really no catching up in this division. You know, the Cowboys may fall apart, but they're not going to fall apart to where the one and four Giants catch them. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, to start, Andrew Thomas, like, I guess we can kind of go injury through injury and talk about the game within it. To start, <laughs> Andrew Thomas didn't play this game. You know, he was battling the foot injury. They don't play, you know, he, they make him active, but they don't play him. And, I mean, it showed up immediately. I mean, Daniel Jones didn't look great to start uh, this game. And part, a big part of that was we were getting pressure from the left tackle immediately. And you can't just, you can't just, you can't give help on every play, especially to the left tackle. And they're getting pressure immediately. It's forcing Jones out of the pocket. Um, and then Jones misses, like, the, finally he kind of had some time, had a good throw, or ha- had what should have been a good throw. And he misses Saquon on that slant. It's tough. Like, he, he he overthrows Saquon, and then Saquon just, like, you know, I know you talk, you put in a, 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 a point about, you know, a running back, but it's like, you know, I view that the same way people, you know, talk about Kyrie. It's like, yeah, does, is Kyrie injury prone? Does Saquon have injury issues? Yeah, but he, he stepped on a dude's ankle after a play. Like, that hasn't, you know, that's not, you know, running back or whatever. Like, he stepped on someone's, like, you can blame Daniel Jones' injuries more on his play than, like, Saquon plays on. And then now, that ankle, is a, it's a sprained ankle. He's going to be out for at least one week. But at the same time, I want them to take their time with him. Because, you know, you remember 2019, he had the ankle injury. And he came back too early, and he didn't look right. Yeah. So, it's, like, don't do that. Don't bring him in here. Don't be forcing, you know, run plays, especially on first down, with a guy who's not fully healthy behind an offensive line that's not really good at run blocking anyways. Yeah, and my whole point with the running back thing is not that I'm not saying the running back injury is position is is injury prone within itself, even though, you know, yeah, that's a point that people like to say, but it's this organization's fault that they put so much on this kid that when he does get hurt, it's it's the end of the world. It was the end of the world last year and you know, now it's always a very similar feeling when Saquon Barkley leaves a game and you don't know the next time that he's going to be back. It is deflating, even though, as I think a lot of fans know, that like that's not the right way to build a football team. But because of how likable he is and what this franchise has done to, you know, the situation that they put him in, that he is the franchise, it's it's just a tough situation. It's a very, very tough situation, and it's not fair to him. So Daniel Jones is still the New York Giants leading rusher through five weeks. <laughs> They both had nine rushing yards today. He he probably will be for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, seriously, unless <laughs> Devontae Booker goes off. Yeah, and then they they get they kind of um they get a field goal on a drive where I mean again Daniel Jones was getting pressured like crazy. He was like zero for five at one point. Um, might even been like zero for six. Yeah, he was. And I think if, he was zero for six, and then he had his first. He, oh, it was around. He, he was 0 for 6, and then we have a 3rd and 10 because we're getting pressure like crazy. Yep. And Jones, Nate Solder and Matt Skura, mostly Nate Solder's fault, just totally ruin us, like, screw up a stunt call. And Jones just throw, just getting cream, throws up a pass. And Kadarius Tony, who's not a contested catch wide receiver. Like, like you know, we talked about Kadarius Tony's weaknesses coming out of the draft, like, oh, route running timing. It's like, but he's going to get better at that if he works hard. The thing I was never going to be like, I don't know if Kandarius Tony will ever be making contested catches the way, you know, a Tate would out of the slot. Yeah. But, like, just a a 38-yard prayer by Daniel Jones. And, and thankfully, it comes down to it. But that's kind of, like, what they needed at that point. It's like, nothing is working right now. You know, they're not able to get ahead of the sticks running the ball. You know, they had some, like, a couple, like, four, four. Like, Saquon had two carries for nine yards. But Yeah, I actually, I was actually excited to see what Saquon was going to do because, you know, he went head-to-head with Leighton Vanderush one play. And I'm like, oh, you know, if this is somewhat of a tight game and the Giants can kind of, like, just stay on schedule, I was excited to see what he was going to do. But uh, at 5.22 p.m., I texted you. I said, 
Daniel Jones isn't making it out of this game. I didn't know if you were going to bring that up. You did uh, bring it up. I, I, I was even th- I was thinking about even tweeting it from the Talking Giants account. Um, I may or may not, but I'm bringing it up here. I didn't think that he wasn't, you know, he was going to get hit on a, you know, he was going to get concussed on a design run. But even before that play, I mean, he was just getting thrown like a rag doll. It was. It looked like 2019. Bad. It was bad. It looked like 2019, and then we saw like some Jones 2019, you know, throws where it's like, oh, that like that almost like Jones didn't look good until those last two drives that no. he had, and then they moved the ball down pretty well, and then Daniel Jones just what? What do you think about that play call? Because it's, it's I got no problem running him, but they do the the bootleg, and Kyle Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph screwed up either like at least a, one way. Because yep. one, if you know that's if he's keeping it, you have to get outside. You got to get the outside shoulder of the defender. He blocks him straight up, and that allows that defender to come and make the play on Jones. Where if 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 shoulder, if Rudolph just blocks him on the outside shoulder, Jones is going to the pylon versus um, I forget what linebacker it was, but like he's he's going he's going towards the pylon there. Maybe he gets it, maybe he doesn't. But because it's two, he has to take them both head on. Or Rudolph fake running a route or something once yeah. you lose your block because you want Jones could have thrown it to him or that defender has to like stay there and you have a Jones one on one but instead it's one on two and that's you know as fun as it is when we run QB power versus the Falcons and complete on a two point conversion that's uh, that's the negative side it's Daniel Jones puts his head down and you know it wasn't a dirty play it was it was you know Jones put his head down and he got I mean the way he wobbled man I haven't seen someone react to a concussion like that in a long no time. that was I mean, scary. Like, that I'm worried he's going to be out for like a a while. You know, like Sterling Shepard missed basically a month for a concussion in 2019. Like I don't think it's out of the realm um, possibility that he could be out for a month. You know, we don't know. Um, you know, I, I will say we're not doctors, even though I want to get a doctorate so I can say I am a doctor with that type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, because I I kind of hate prefacing everything with I'm not a doctor. Sure, but like that's that's worrisome with Jones. Like I and this offense isn't going to. I mean, they're not going to win any games without Daniel Jones. No, I mean, they're not. It's, you know, they. I I just don't think you know they might win one, but I just do not think this offense is winning any games with Mike Glennon as their QB, uh, without and and not Daniel Jones. Yeah, uh, Kyle Rudolph had a pathetic game. It was pathetic, pathetic. Flat. I, I kind of hate Kyle Rudolph. I think I think I like, I dislike him more than any player in the last few years. Uh, I'm done. Maybe since Eric Flowers. Uh, I I really am done. You know, it's uh. And we have the land of players that kind of we feel like they don't give a shit sometimes. You know, Nate, Nate Solder and Kyle Rudolph um, join the party of getting uh, of getting. I, I hate to say this, but join at the least party. Solder jumped in at the end with Kadarius Tony, like he was there to help his guy. Yeah, out. yeah, he said some st- he said some words. Will Hernandez was the only one that I feel like actually gave a crap. Colin Johnson got in there too with that fight, but um, Evan Ingram as, as well. Evan, yeah, Evan Ingram started. Well, Evan yeah, Ingram I mean, started it, and then well, hold hold on. I mean, you're right. Where. Even if that play where Jones gets hurt, even if it's not designed that Rudolph should run around, I mean, for, for God's sakes, improvise, improvise. You see, there. you like see, it was a that bad blocking two, attempt, and then he just stood there. There are two linebackers, two two hundred plus two hundred twenty pound uh, world class athletes that are screaming down your quarterback's throat, and you choose to stand there. I'm, I'm doing all my best right now to throw around, not throw around a bunch of f bombs, and then in that fight with with Rudolph too. I mean, the fact that he first of all he runs in there. I did a whole breakdown video of this on YouTube. He runs in there with Tony, you know, where there's a pile on Tony. 
run doesn't even push. He runs in. He like runs. He turns his back and then he gives his back like a like a coward. Uh, really, what's what what he did? Didn't even give a proper push. Uh, he turns his back like a coward. Bumps into people. Sees that clearly knows that his guy must have went down to the ground. Turns around, walks away. I'm not asking you to. And fight even looks anybody. back when they're fighting and oh, just yeah. like doesn't even doesn't even like blink. Like he turns back. Sees they're fighting and just like I'm, I'm done. Like I, I, I don't. Like, I am so out on him. It'd be one thing if he was a good player. He's not. No, he's a, he shouldn't be playing over Caden Smith. The only reason he is is because of his contract. Yeah, and I'm not even asking you to turn around and go punch somebody in the face like Kadarius Tony did. But even like a guy gets thrown down on the ground, pick your guy up. I mean, I, you know, it's I, this is a, the least analytical analysis thing you're ever going to hear me say. But I cannot stand when like a quarterback is sacked. An offensive lineman who got their ass kicked doesn't go up and pick up their quarterback after they get their ass kicked. And they just, oh, they mope around and they just walk around. They look dumb. Pick up your guy after he gets tackled, after he gets thrown to the ground. Something. And you walk away and it is such a pathetic loser look. And I could not stand that. Where you got your quarterback hurt and then you had a pathetic second play in that game too. And that doesn't even incorporate that you're a bad player. Yeah, he's, he's and, and that's, I mean, that's the main thing really is he's just a bad player. Um, you know, they signed him with the foot injury still, you know, didn't change his contract one bit and he comes in and he doesn't look like he cares, you know, like, I guess, like you said, I'm not expecting him to go in there and start just, you know, throwing haymakers. No. In fact, no. I'm not, I, I'd, I don't want you do that, doing that Kyle Rudolph. But, but show like that you, said, you he care. Goes, show he that you're there, trying. He throws his hip, walks away. I mean, one thing, sometimes you don't see it, you know, sometimes you don't see it, but he looks back. Like he he looks over his shoulder, sees that like they are going at it, and just kind of ignores it and walks away. Like just doesn't even. Let it, I mean, guys that weren't even on the like, Caden Smith came from off the bench, you know, and joined like in the, all those players like ran in at the ran in towards it, and he just like didn't care. So he's a bad player. I don't think he cares. And um, yeah, I, I'm I I just don't like Kyle Rudolph. Part yeah. of it is his contract. Majority of it probably is his contract, and it's like he's done nothing for the the team this year. Um. He's a decent run blocker, but so is Caden Smith. Um, yeah, I'm 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 very I'm very out on Kyle Rudolph. Like, there's yeah. what I mean. He doesn't do anything. No, <laughs> no, no. He pass yeah. blocks on explosive plays. Yeehaw. Good. Yeah, yeah. Which is like we could ask a lot of tight ends to do that. Yeah, you know, Levine Torlolo would have, Eric Tomlinson could have done that. Um. All right, who, so we touched on Saquon. Uh, Devontae Booker, I, I know he dropped a pass in the beginning of the game, but um, that was really pathetic. I'm using the word pathetic a lot. That was really bad, but I th- actually thought he played well, and I, I guess He I'm looked ex- better running the ball. He was running yeah. forward. You know? Yeah, I guess I'm excited to see him. He was physical a little bit. So we talked about Barkley, talked about Jones. Which injury do you want to move to next? We already talked about Thomas, right? You already touched on that? Let's talk about Kadarius Tony. I mean, there were we're fifteen oh, okay. minutes in. Let's talk about Kadarius Tony. Ten catches, yeah. one hundred ninety eight yards, one hundred eighty nine yards. He looks like the real deal, man. And it's not. And something we said is like well, we don't. You don't. He doesn't need to be used as a gadget player. Like you can use him for gadget plays, but he does not need to be used as a gadget player. Is he the crispest route runner? No, but it doesn't mean you can't put him in space and tell him to attack leverage, and put him on you know non timing routes. And he balled out to him. I mean, all of that yak. Uh, like I, I love Kadarius Tony. You know, it's it's been a hell of a turnaround for what was a nightmare offseason for Gadarius Tony, and now it's like I, I'm I'm I love this dude, and I, listen, I get that it's you know you you don't want him punching like I get you don't want that, but I also love it. I love it. 
Um, like that makes me love him. <laughs> you know, I'm like plus with with the with the good play, like all those other guys down. Kadarius Tony showed up uh, when nobody else was even really there to show yep. up for for the Giants' offense. You know, um, so yeah, I, I, I'm really happy with him. I think that is the one positive you can pull from this game. It's like, man, this Tony dude seems like he's real deal. Yeah, a, v- a very big positive. Um, you know, Tony he broke. Uh, Odell's single game Giants rookie receiving yards record. Uh, Tony had 189 receiving yards. Uh, Beckham had 185 when he was a rookie in 2014. Was Beckham a rookie? And then uh, what you you have something to say comparing him to the rest of the rookies, right? I'm sure that I, I yeah can he has the mind. most rec- most receiving yards for uh, a rookie this season. You know, and that includes Jamar Chase, who's been balling. Like he he bought like 189 yards is a lot receiving. He even yeah. had seven yards rushing. You know, he almost had 200 yards all purpose. Like, like this dude, they've got sucks that everyone's injured because like when they're healthy, it's like we got some freaking weapons on this team. Yeah, you know, but it's just everyone is injured right now. Um, it is upsetting that it takes all these injuries though that we can trust somebody in their ability to take over a game. Yeah, there's no reason for him to not be used week one through three. Yeah. There really isn't. I mean, this is the first time under the Garrett era where somebody has, like, taken over a game. You know, Barkley had those takeover games under Shermer because he was that dude. He was that dude. Engram had a few takeover games under Shermer because, you know, at the time we were thinking he can build into that dude. You know, Daniel Jones has never really had the wide receivers that can really take over a game. But why is it that it takes so many things to go wrong? Where it's like, oh, well, now that we finally have the weapons, what is it, week five? That, you know, oh, now we finally can trust because of all these injuries that somebody could take over a game. That's, it's it's incredibly frustrating. Incredibly frustrating. But Kadarius Tony is not frustrating. He's real no. deal. Do you think he gets in any trouble for the punch? I mean, he's probably going to get fined. It may be an internal but, fine by the Giants. You don't think Giants. he'll get suspended, though, right? No, no. Somebody somebody commented on my Twitter um, when I said that Kadarius Tony is a national treasure. We'll note if he gets suspended next week. What player has ever gotten suspended an extra week after they got disqualified? If it's not that egregious. It, what he did wasn't that egregious. I've seen a lot worse. Can we say? Can we stop saying that you'll break your hand if you punch a helmet, too, by the way? It never happens. And here's the difference between a helmet and a wall or something hard a helmet moves when you punch it because it's connected to a neck (laughs) like it like i and i hate to do that i've done but i've i've punched helmets a ton it's at very worst you're you have some like your knuckles are bleeding a little bit like like punching a helmet doesn't break your hand they all got gloves on and and i hate this like and you know me i i hate to do the i played card but it's like when people say like punching a helmet's the dumbest thing it's like man you just never been there it's like it's like it's, you've never been there. Like I'm sorry. Like you you, like it's not it's not dumb to me. Um, now getting the penalty sucks, um, and being ejected and the game sucks. But it's like um, as long as you know that doesn't become an issue. Can we t- segue this into a Joe Judge conversation too? Because a lot of people are mad about the way Joe Judge reacted to Tony. I I wasn't mad. I mean this this I is I think clearly, he reacted the perfect way. Yeah, this is clearly a thing that he cares a lot about. He cares about it. More than most NFL coaches, but you know, in a so here's the overall result in a game at which the Giants were down by two touchdowns at the time, two touchdowns, yeah. two scores at the time. The Giants, with their backup quarterback, got a first down, and that first down was taken off the board, penalties offset because uh, 
you know, the Cowboys safety corner. He got a penalty as well. Tony got the penalty, so it offset. Took a first down off the board with your backup quarterback, and now your best player was disqualified. So, yeah, I mean, I I would be a, a little upset too. Um, I, I don't have any problem with how he reacted. No problem. If, if Now, if Judge, if Tony's sitting next week, then I'm going to be pissed off. At Correct. Judge. Correct. You know, or like his snaps are reduced greatly. Like, then I'll be pissed off at Judge. But like his reaction, and if it, you know, whatever punishment happens this week. I mean, if anything, that was kind of what Odell need like because there's always there's just going to be Odell uh, comparison to Sicadarius Tony, um, and the, you know there are some similar you know Odell had uh, you know he punched that Bills player his second season and and uh you know it, they're they're just going to be there. If anything, Odell could have used that you know, and and Joe Judge needs to say like that's unacceptable because you don't want to turn into where it's like oh we can just fight and our coach doesn't care. Like I promise you that gets noticed. If, if, you know, if there's like, there's no type of punishment. So I, I, I don't like the idea. Like I thought Joe judge coached a good game today. Like last week we won and I said it was a bad game from Joe judge. Yep. And I, and I don't think this game should sway anyone's mind on Joe judge, whether you're for him or against him. But like the, the first fourth down where they kicked a field goal, I was in a hundred percent agreement with it. It was a zero, zero game. Your offense hadn't done anything at that point. You know, they're like, the only reason you were in that range was because your defense made an interception. I got no point problem with him going for uh, a field goal there. Grand Grinnell's got to make the kick. Um, when in the, in the later games, when there there was somewhat of a decision for fourth downs, he went for it. Um, and basically, I mean that I mean that was it. That's kind of the difficulty of yeah. of, of, of judging a, a a head coach who's not calling plays yeah. in game. But like that, there's nothing from this game where I was. I'm not happy with Judge and what he said. What he said about Tony after the press in the press conference was like, "Hey, yeah, that's unacceptable. We can't have guys fighting," which is what he should say. And then another beat reporter, who I wasn't even sure who it was, asked a very leading question. It was like, "Does Kadarius Tony have some growing up to do?" He's like, "You want to be more specific with that?" He's like, "Well, with the fight." He's like, "Well, I think he's like I think all rookies, uh, you know, have to grow up." But he's like, as far as like Kadarius Tony, no, like it's uh, you know, I'll I'll handle it. I'll talk with him. But like he he like he didn't throw his player under the bus, um, you know. And some coaches would do that. Yeah. Um. So like I I think Joe Judge handled that flawlessly. Now is he a good head coach or not? That doesn't get this. This game shouldn't decide that for no. you. Um. No, I'm not. I'm not swung uh, any more or any less in terms of me liking disliking Judge and any other way. I mean, if if anything, I I just I just like the way that he handled things. Uh, I I didn't think at any point. You know, there was, there was panic, you know, the team, the team played in it. They, they played hard and they, and they played in it. They were in the game longer than what was expected. You know, if there's one, there is no moral victories. There is no part, you know, medals for staying in it and participation points. And, you know, uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck were very clear about that throughout the broadcast. Uh, you know, <laughs> kind of, I thought they were patronizing the giants a little bit at some points, but uh, yeah, if there's credit that should go anywhere, it's, it's for that that they stayed in the game. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I can't, the offense scored 20 points. Um, and they weren't garbage time points really. I, I can't be mad at the offense or Jason Garrett. Like, you know, Jason Garrett's game plan was allowed Kadarius Tony to get those yards. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, I can't be mad at the offense after this game. No, I mean, and especially everyone got injured. Their best, like out of 11 starters, their eight best starters got hurt. Yeah. got hurt you know or hurt or were hurt before the game yeah especially because this was the 
You know, the, it was pretty much the disaster came from the old line because Jones was just getting Zero killed left and right. What was that? Zero sacks allowed, which was very misleading. Zero sacks. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was getting killed left and right. If and if yeah, Jones. Yeah, uh, that, that's a misleading stat. And I and I think if the and I think if you know if the game was closer, I think the Cowboys may have kept the you know the pedal to the metal a little bit more in terms of them sending guys and they were really. You know, uh, Blitz and Nate Solder well, and then the Giants. I will give them credit that they, you know, they used Devonte Booker. They they were using tight ends well to kind of help Solder. So yeah, I mean that's uh that's that's the offense. But uh, this team and this offense, more specifically, this team is going to look like a very very different football team next Sunday, and I'm not excited for that. I'll just say no. Which maybe I mean the Rams might be the best team on the the entire schedule, and. We are banged up. We'll talk more about the guys that we're replacing um, next week. So, anything offensively. Kadarius Tony, I love you. Glennon looked like an NFL QB when he came in. You know, better than McCoy. Is, yeah. Like, he can throw – like, he had the interception on the the deep post to CJ board. Um, definitely underthrew that. The pick six at the end, I was pretty checked out of the game by that point. Yeah. Um, in fact, I was recording my postgame video, and it <laughs> happened mid-play. Um Offensive line, you couldn't expect it to be good with Andrew Thomas out. Um, although I'm really excited to watch Matt Parrott and Will Hernandez. Like, I think I was pretty harsh on Will Hernandez after week one, which he wasn't good. But I feel like Will Hernandez might be getting back in the good graces. And, then, I mean, do you do you remember a play where you were mad at Matt Parrott? You know, no. In, in a game where we threw the ball 38 times? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was pretty checked out for most of the second half. <laughs> Um, well, my report will be Parrot Hernandez and Wes Martin. We'll get their own segments. Yeah, what what, what the heck happened with uh, Skura? I mean, what what the what what is what even happened with him? No clue. That's the only injury we have zero clue, and they didn't ask Joe Judge about him at all. I mean, Joe Judge wouldn't have answered, but yeah, I have no clue what happened with Skura. How many practice squad players have started at left guard so far this season? Guys that were on the practice squad like in August, and now they've started at left guard. Three, four. Two, Skura. Well, technically only one, Skura. No. Wes Martin wasn't on the practice squad? Well, he didn't. No, he was at, He was signed to the act. He was on Washington's practice squad. No, that's what I'm saying. Guys that were on the practice squad in August, and they've started games for the Giants. Not on the Giants practice squad, but they were just on a practice squad. Yeah. He didn't start technically, but I get your point. Do you know what's spookier than seeing a black cat on Halloween? Oh, no. gosh. Making me do a Halloween read? All right, I'll... I kind of hate Halloween, but I'll get through it. Oh, boy. Sh- you, you hate everything. It's shaving your balls with anything other than Manscaped. When it comes to blow the belt, uh, belt waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins um, on this October because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Go from a bite-sized candy bar to a king-sized candy bar and join the 2 million men worldwide by going to Manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GIANTS. Use your man. By the way, I use Manscaped not only on my balls this weekend, Sure. Um, you know, it's like I always, you know, do that and keep up with it because Manscaped is great and they make it easy. But I, I actually use it to uh, shave my chest uh, before I went to the beach. So how yeah. about that? Do that. Um, you know, I, I only shave the top part of my chest. I don't like shave like that whole inside. Grab your chest again like that. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's time to tackle that problem with the lawnmower <laughs> 4.0. The lawnmower 4.0 is there is there is is beautiful. I mean, you got the advanced skin safe technology. You're not going to get nicks. Um, you know, trims your balls, gets your pubes, uh, and it's waterproof too. Like, did I mention that it's waterproof? 
So it, it's essential. I mean, get the freaking lawnmower 4.0. It includes the weed whacker. A total game changer to your men's hygiene arsenal. Um, Manscaped even will throw in two free gifts uh, to, uh, to their performance package 4.0. The Manscaped boxers and, shed, and the shed travel bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. Say frigger free to your beautiful new Halloweeny with Manscaped. Frigger free? Oh, I, 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 I said say frigger free to your brand new uh, ding dong with Manscaped. Ooh. All right. Defensively. Starting to get a little worried about Patrick Graham. Join the club. Well, the first three weeks I was like, I was happy with Joe. Not first three weeks, but week one and week three, I was fine with Patrick Graham with the game plans he called. And even week four, you can argue, but it's like Patrick Graham, and I did this on the film review, and, he, and I paid attention to it all this game too. He is trying to do those two high safety looks, and they are fifth highest in the league. That's not updated with week five, but and they are playing with light boxes. And basically what I'm saying is that last year that they would have every gap filled in the run game, you know, so they would have essentially a plus one box. So if they had six blockers in, you know, a five lineman and a tight end, they would have seven guys in the box. If they had, um, you know, seven guys in, they had a tight end and a fullback or two tight ends, you would put eight guys in the box and you would have every gap filled. Well, right now we're playing with one less player than they have or the same amount, which is leaving un, un gaps uncovered. And teams are running all over the New York Giants right now. I mean, the Dallas had over 200 rushing yards today. Uh, New Orleans had 170 rushing yards. That's a, uh, In the two previous games, they only had allowed 156. And it's not stopping big uh, plays passing-wise, you know, where it's like, oh, you wanted to get them to dink and dunk down the field and, and, and be forced some mistakes. It's not stopping those big plays. You know, like, so they're playing more aggressive, but they're not playing aggressive with their box, and it's... It's putting them behind and in, uh, in, in the downs. Like, it's just not a successful game plan for Patrick Graham. Like, go back to... And, you know, as I say this, people are like, well, we want to stop big plays. Well, we stopped the big plays with, with doing yes. that last year. We were the third best team in the National Football League at stopping the big explosive passing play. That's like... That was like how this defense won. And still, it's not the Achilles heel to this defense... But what is the Achilles heel to this defense is the middle of the field. And you're seeing it over and over again of just middle of the f- I mean, this, this game, I mean, I think Dak just... You know, they don't Dak, have a pass rusher. Dak just did, just did what he wanted. And again, an, another game where a quarterback stood in the pocket for more than two and three quarters of a second. Dak had his, his average time to throw was 2.81 seconds. You know, ultimately what it is, is Patrick Graham, you know, not doing some of the things that he did last year, which in a way... I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I would rather happen. I don't know if I would rather happen us getting beat by doing something new and trying to mix it up or getting beat by what we did last year and then changing from there. I would honestly rather get beat with what we're doing last year and then have to adjust and have to change after that versus what's happening now. Like that's what I would rather. And also it hurts that James Bradbury is just not the same top five cornerback that he was last year. He's not, he's, you're going to bring up this point too, and I'll let you do it because you're a film guy. You know, he's not even playing even close to what he was doing last year. And that dropped interception, you know, if there, there's always a turning point in a game, right? That dropped interception at the end of the first half changed this entire game. It, it, it really did. You know, that was a, 
you know, a, a 14, basically a, a 10 or a 14 point swing. No, it was no Dallas scored seven to end the first half. And then did they not also score seven more points to start the second half after the Giants scored three? You know, so that was like a basically, you know, whatever, four, 11, po- 11 point swing where the Giants could have prevented that touchdown if James Bradbury comes down with that interception. I, I think it's a ball game if James Bradbury comes down with that interception and then the Giants get the ball to end the half there and then to start the second half. Yeah, it's maybe. I don't know about with Mike Lennon, but like they start off with the interception. It would, right it would have been target. closer. It would have been closer for longer. And it's getting really, really frustrating that I feel like every single week. We have Logan Ryan, playmaker, guy that we believe in. Logan Ryan hasn't really made a play this year no. besides two dropped interceptions versus Atlanta. No. You know, Adoree Jackson, I, I, he's been solid, but still, you know, th- these guys are getting paid money. This even includes guys like Leonard Williams. These guys are getting paid money's money to make plays. These secondary guys, all they did last year was make plays on the football. They hounded to the football. They got to the football. They made plays, tipped passes. That's just not happening this year. It's not happening. And it's confusing because it seems like the Giants are playing more man coverage. But, you know, the cover cover to man, right? It seems like that's what they're doing, and that's what this system is designed for. But they're just flat out not doing it. And the plays that they can make an opportunity in the football, they just drop. And it changes the game totally because similar to this Giants offense, right now this Giants defense has zero margin for error. Zero. Yeah, and they just can't get a pass rush. So it's like it's hard to yes. play man coverage when you can't get a pass rush, where you can't disrupt anything. And then it's like, okay, well then you you want to blitz a ton. Well, one, the blitzes aren't really even getting there, um, you know, quickly anyways. And then it's like, okay, then you have guys who are just vulnerable in man coverage, you know, because they don't have any safety help. They can't play, you know, different leverages. It's like basically, you know, it's 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 a dream for an offense. Um, you know the Cowboys had over five hundred had over five hundred yards today, and here's my one of my biggest issues with like the whole playing the light boxes, man. It's like it's if you had Dalvin Tomlinson and Blake Martinez, maybe you can do that, but it's like we don't. You know, like Tay Crowder and Tay Crowder can't two gap. Danny Shelton sucks. He's a he's a he's bad so football player. Bad. You know, so it's like it's if anything we should be playing more like last year than we than we did. You know, like than we than we should have been anyways. You know, because you're missing Blake and and Dalvin, and I and you need to like, like this uh, this defense was kind of built on, not you know totally stopping the run and holding the three and a half yards per carry, but being able to stop the run, and again it doesn't stop you from getting back in coverage. If anything, it lets your linebackers play a little deeper, and then this is the two high safety thing is just not working when you don't get pass rush because the two high safety thing is great at stopping stuff pre snap. But when you got all time, like it leads to big plays, and uh, you know they didn't have those exact ones over the middle of this game. But you know James Bradbury is not playing great right now. He got burnt for a touchdown today. Yeah, and that, that was on Julian Love. I do agree with the broadcast where, you know, I think Love has to get over there, and that goes back to the whole point where I I was talking about this last year, and the issue has been masked for an entire year. This this roster doesn't have a free safety. Julian Love is not a free safety, in my opinion. Julian Love was playing cornerback in college, outside corner, and he's looked best in his NFL career as a strong safety, like an in-the-box safety, like a Jabril Peppers type. I don't think Julian Love is naturally a good center field, like, free, deep free safety. I mean, he did it last year, and he did a fine job. Xavier McKinney 
is not naturally, I mean, that was the opposite. His scouting report that I saw coming out, you know, granted, take take my film review with the grain of salt. But I thought was that was the opposite of Xavier McKinney's strengths. Again, somebody who should be moving forward, defending in the pass and in the run, not a guy who's moving backward, defending the pass and moving laterally. That's not what I thought Xavier McKinney's strengths were. Logan Ryan is a career slot corner, where I, I do trust him in that. And again, Jabril Peppers is also a career strong safety, where there was talk when he was at the scouting combine, he was lining up at both linebacker and safety, because nobody knew what position he was going to play. This team does not have a free safety, a center field safety. And it's now coming back to bite him because their corners aren't elite. So now that's coming back to bite him. I think Love or, or Ryan could do it in the cover three schemes they ran last year, but yes, they're not. But they're, they're not. not doing that, you know. <laughs> um, you know, they're not putting that extra guy in the box, which is something we talked about on the midweek before we knew Peppers was going to be out. I was like, put Peppers back in the box, let him be a box safety, and that's where he led to. That's what led to you know him having a really good 2020. Um, but I think the core of everything with this defense is the pass rush. I mean, they have three sacks from the outside linebackers in five games, and all three of those are Aziz Ojolari. Like, credit to Lorenzo Carter for making a play on that, but it's like, we, you know, he's not on the team to tip up interceptions. It's awesome when you make that play, but that's not like a, wow, Lorenzo Carter. Like, it, it's a good play, but, you know, that's not what he's going to do every single week. O'Shane Zimmon is a zero. Quincy Roche, I'm interested to see what he looked like. He did play a little bit today. Uh, but Aziz Ojolari... You know, like I, th- I felt like his sacks always kind of inflated what he was early on in the season. We still are early on the season, but it's like he's just not consi- like. I mean, they they have five sacks from their defensive tackles this year, three from the outside linebackers. You know, Leonard Williams has one and a half, Shelton has a half, and then Austin Johnson has three. Yeah, Austin Johnson's now tied in with the team lead in three sacks, and one of them wasn't even like legit. So, um, that's the oh Bobby Skinner sneezing. It's my favorite time of the show where Bobby Skinner sneezes and he always mutes himself. One day he's going to leave himself unmuted and I'm going to really enjoy it. Nope. Nope. Oh, these look good in the run. I I thought if there's any kind of saving grace, we we just, so really what, what I thought this game also kind of highlighted as well. Dallas was running at will wherever they wanted, but I thought a lot of what they were doing and you let me know if I was wrong. A lot of what they were also doing was kind of like by the tackles and outside the tackle stuff where when you're relying on your interior defensive lineman to stop the run, like Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Shelton, and Austin Johnson, like that is the strength of this defense, supposedly, when it comes to stopping the run. And you don't have anybody that can really set the edge. Like we thought Carter would be that guy, and Aziz kind of struggled at times. But when you don't have guys that can set the edge consistently, then teams can just run to the outside, and Blake Martinez Martinez isn't here anymore to even clean that up and mask that. So um, that's what I thought Dallas uh, did a good job of today. He's like, hey, you know, we're going to run away from the strength of your defense, which is on the inside. We're not going to be swallowed up by those guys. you got to have a guy that can set the edge, which we don't, and Pollard and Zeke had a day. So. By the way, I think I set the record for fantasy points in our thing today. No big deal. No big deal? Well, yeah. Well, that's that's not fair because. Everybody else. You might have ro- had a record low. Every yeah. Well, I, I guarantee you my roster was was hurt. Did I not draft? I didn't draft Cooper. I, think, I drafted. I Lamb. think you had Kenny Galladay, Blake Jarwin, and oh great Sterling Shepard, and they combined for zero catches. Oh and zero great. Yards. Um, <laughs> Joy. But you had some. Oh, you, you had C D Lamb. He had a decent day. Yeah, whatever. Um. So it's not a total disaster. I, like I think I had like a nine point game last year. Um. 
read the ad and then we'll clean some things up I still have on the defense. All right, perfect. So, new, new ad sponsor. And this one is very excited. I'm very excited to say this because it's very personal to me. Local in New Jersey, Candlewick Diner. It is right by MetLife Stadium. So next time you are planning to make a trip to MetLife Stadium, I know a lot of you, a lot of listeners are coming up to East Rutherford, New Jersey, yeah, MetLife Stadium. Actually, I don't want to say that during no, that. No, don't, don't say that. Yeah, don't don't interrupt me. How rude. A lot of you are planning on coming up for that Eagle game when Bobby's up. We're all going to be up together. Go to the Candlewick Diner in the middle of your trip. It is literally right by MetLife Stadium. They actually have shuttles that go to MetLife Stadium during game days. I believe they do. I go there all the time. I go there with my friends. I actually brought a whole two cars of my friends. I said, you have to come here. I know the owner. Manny's a great guy. Go to the Candlewick Diner. Ask for Manny. They have an extensive menu. So many burgers, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Last time that I went, I had for dinner, Eggs Benedict, like pulled pork Eggs Benedict. I'm a sucker for hollandaise sauce. It was absolutely awesome. There's a full-service bar, in-house bakery, and free delivery if you kind of live in the area. However, I do recommend making the drive, even if you're from New Jersey and you're not necessarily by the area. The extensive menu from breakfast to burger, steaks to pasta, it, they literally have everything. Also important, the diner is frequently attended by numerous Giants players and will be celebrating their 52nd year in East Rutherford this October 26th. So you don't want to know what, what day of the week is October 26th. What day of the week? It is a Tuesday. We record our mailbag episode. So guess what? We may have to do it a little bit early because I may be there. So Candlewick Diner, East Rutherford, New Jersey, just five minutes away from MetLife Stadium. Go check them out. Say that Talking Giants sent you. Say hello. Go check out their great menu. Awesome food. Candlewick Diner, East Rutherford, New Jersey, right by MetLife Stadium. Thank you to the Candlewick Diner. Excited to be working with you. Yeah, I'm really excited to eat there when I come up on Thanksgiving. I guess I'm coming the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, we're gonna have fun. We're gonna. Have I want to give a, a salute to J. Ron Curse of the Cowboys for uh, for going to help Daniel Jones when it looked like Daniel Jones was about to like stumble yeah. over and die. He's like, oh, like he he ran over there to try and help. Um. So there's that. Here's another player on the defense, and this is a defense hate fest, but it's it's kind of deserved. They gave up 37 yep. points, 500 um, yards. Dexter Lawrence, dude, we were talking about a breakout year for this guy coming in, and it's been a letdown. He hasn't played as well as he had the the first two years, you know, where it was like you watched him the first two years. And it's like, yeah, he doesn't have the greatest stats, even though his stats were good. And you're like, man, but he's been he's impacting the game all game long. And he's just not doing that this year. Like he's struggling with two gapping guys, and he's um, it's frustrating. Like, who are like your big three? Like, who are your three players on defense who you'd be like? I'm most disappointed in right now. I think mine would be Dex. Because even though people will say Leonard Williams, and I get it because of the concept, but like Leonard Williams has, he's played, he's played, he's played good. He just okay. hasn't played $21.5 million worth. Correct. It would probably be Dex, James Bradbury, and Lorenzo Carter. Lorenzo Carter, Dex, and Xavier McKinney for me. Oh, yeah. McKinney, McKinney didn't. There was nothing that popped out bad or good for me for McKinney in this game, but, no, but I didn't have like, the I didn't have the super lofty expectations for McKinney this year. No, but still, like you're, you're you're taking in the second round, 
you know, and this is and this is virtually, you know, here's the stupid draft talking point of this guy was basically a first rounder because of how uh, close he was taken towards the beginning of the second round. And he wasn't expected to fall out of the first round. So, you know, he had a whole year of mental reps. I understand this is basically in virtually his rookie year. He had a whole year of mental reps, plus some games towards the end of last year where he did get his sea legs under him. And at this point for him. To j- again, just just not be somewhat of a difference maker. Where I can I can really only point to one play this season, and it was Week One against the Broncos, where he comes screaming off the sideline, where Darnay Holmes was had a guy in coverage, and he gets a pass deflection. Like, wow, that's a really good play. It's the only good play from Xavier McKinney, and it is tough because when he's playing that free safety spot, it's tough for him to make plays uh, that you can see on TV. But again, you know, you're taken in the second round. You're taken in the second round for a reason, and this is a guy that we were supposed to be excited about, and. You know, this is probably going to be one of the reasons why Jabril Peppers isn't brought back because we drafted Xavier McKinney. So, um, Lorenzo Carter, Xavier McKinney, Dexter Lawrence, all draft picks, all draft picks who, you know, Carter's in his contract year. Dexter Lawrence next year is his contract year or he gets the fifth year option. So, um, not good, not good, not good, not happy. All right, let's finish it off. Yeah. Can we go back to the whole injury thing? Go player by player. We didn't really finish that. Well, we don't know the full diagnosis on guys. I mean, it's ba- it's Daniel Jones concussion, Saquon Barkley ankle, um, Kenny Galladay hyperextended knee. knee. Don't really know what happened there. Uh, well, he Kenny Galladay said it happened and he tried to play through it and it got worse. And then Matt Skura would be the fourth one. Yeah, hopefully Shepard and Slayton come back. We'll talk about it on Wednesday's show. Um, Peppers was out. Anybody on defense get hurt? No. Looked like Bradbury was limping for a hot sec, but he was all right. I love Kadarius Tony. That's if there's one positive thing you want from this game, it's like I love Kadarius Tony. And I'm excited about his future with this New York Giants team. I'm excited about his future with Daniel Jones as his quarterback. I'm excited about his future with Andrew Thomas as, as his left tackle. You know. Um first round picks are the ones you have to get right. Gellman has done done that, it's, it looks like with uh after 2018. <laughs> um, with, well, uh, De- well, I'll tell you what, Dexter Lawrence and DeAndre Baker. Yeah, that's true. But, but I'm thinking like your your first pick. Yeah, yeah but I got you. Long story short is you do you have three building pieces in Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, and Kadarius Tony, And there's some other pieces. But it's uh, I'm excited for those three guys the, next, the rest of the year. Like yeah. that, those are the three guys I'm excited for for the rest of the year. Uh, because it'll probably be a lot of stuff will be torn down. People will be fired. Uh, players will be gone, but I feel I feel very happy about Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, and Kadarius Tony going forward. Yeah. I have like I have very I have lofty lofty expectations for those guys. Aziz Ojolari is he a building piece? Yes, but I don't have the expectations for Aziz that I have for those three guys. Like those three guys are the ones I have very high expectations for going forward as New York Giants, not as you know twenty twenty one season. Like New York Giants, I'm really excited about those three players. I agree. I agree. Showed some heart. And when all the rumors were kind of coming and everybody was thinking, you know, we have to sometimes do thinking behind the scenes even though we don't know what's going on. Because because when he wasn't playing, we're thinking to ourselves, well, he's playing. So, I, you know, you can't always just, you know, we were saying COVID over the summer and they were slowing him back and they were easing him back, sure. But he's out there. So why is he not being used? Like, what what is the reason? G- give me a good reason. And nobody was giving a good reason. 
So then you have to think, oh, well, maybe this is an, maybe this is another Baker sleeping in meeting situation. And th- your brain goes to wild places when guys don't play, not even just underperform when guys just flat out don't play and they're supposed to. And I'm glad it just seems like he's put that all to bed with his, with his good play. Um, you know, and I, I'm very glad I'm very happy for that. Cause he also showed heart. While he was doing it too. I get it. He punched a guy. You're not supposed to punch a guy. But showing that you care. And, you know, Engram got shoved. He got up and he responded back. I mean, I'm, I like that. Sorry. I like it. Yeah, just don't sabotage your team. Yes. Kadaris, uh, Tony. Don't go, you know, don't go behind teammates' backs. Don't trash teammates. Don't sabotage your team. And we'll we'll uh, we'll have your back when you maybe do something that was dumb. Um, and those three players have probably been the three most, you know, criticize on the New York Giants, you know? Like obviously Daniel Jones he just comes with playing quarterback. Um Andrew Thomas, I mean people like I said, we talked about it last week. Apologize to Andrew Thomas. And you saw today how important he is, you know? And I think so, you know, I was had the take was saying that Andrew Thomas is the there's no piece more correlated to Daniel Jones success than Andrew Thomas. And it's it's very hard to see with offensive linemen like well how how successful it is. And that's why you got PFF saying you know, oh, Golden Tate is more valuable than Miles Garrett two years ago. Um, you know, because like you don't you don't necessarily see play in play out the impact of that play, but it changes the offense when your left tackle is really really good. We saw that today. Yep. From from the very first snap. So uh, hopefully, I can't wait to watch the film and watch Matt Parrot, and maybe you know the Matt Parrot, uh, you know, start Matt Parrot will take a it'll go from a a take to like a demand. Um. Kadarius Tony, hopefully you don't get suspended. Uh, even though I did see someone on Twitter say that uh, Jamal Wims got or uh, suspended uh, for that when he punched that dude uh, in that Bears Saints game last year. If you don't remember, remember that. Remember this that was last not that year? egregious. It was not that egregious. I know, but the NFL is. You know how the NFL is. Yeah. Um. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Anything else before we go? No, uh, again, just sad. You know, this this season is not going like we thought. Um, you know, uh, I think we'll have a lot of other opportunities to be mad um, at, at Gettleman. We'll have a lot more opportunities to be mad at, at, at Graham and everything and everybody in between, right? We'll have a lot more time for that this season. But you know, for guys that we root for and guys that we really had high expectations for, you know, and Daniel Jones and Andrew Thomas, those guys were not on the field this game and, and it hurt. And even players on this defense too, like, you, you know, I, I really want to like Logan Ryan. I really want to like James Bradbury, you know, but when you have balls that are just, you know, in your hands and, and you're dropping them and it's making, you know, it's making big differences on the results of games. It's like, well, I'm not liking you right now. And I hate that. So, it's just, it's just this, you know, we're, we're on October 11th and season's basically over again. So, oh, by the way, hmm. so here's a final question before we go. This can be fun. Do the Giants have to change any kind of plans that they had to run out certain people in their front office or ownership um, for this ceremony against the Rams, the 10 year Super Bowl uh, 46 anniversary this Sunday? I was thinking about it. I don't think they would have brought Mayor out for that, anyways. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it would have been necessary because there's but they so will many have to bring players. him out for Michael Strahan's uh, ceremony, which yes. I will be at. 
And there are going to be more Eagles fans than Giants fans at that game. And that is going to be really, really bad. You guys got to stop me from getting into a fight, Kadarius Tony style, in the parking lot with Eagles fans in that game. I'm more concerned about you getting into a fight in the stands, which you're sitting next to me that game, and there will be none of that. If you get into a fight, I lose my regular season tickets. But we're going to be on the home side, so we'll probably be all right. No, that's not a thing. Um, or maybe it is a thing. Maybe people do buy tickets. Well, no, we're also in Section 300, so I don't think anybody cares. Are you kidding me? That's where the fights happen is at the top. because you that's got, what, Yes, I hate that to is true. say it because I'm one of these people, but that's where you have the poor people. Yeah. Well, you, more you passionate you love poor to, people. That, you like, love that's, to sit on the bottom. Um, no, don't say that. I have sat at the top my entire life, and one game I sat at the bottom, and I was like, I enjoyed it. But one, there's been one game where I wasn't in within the top 20 rows of a stadium. And it was that Eli Manning game. Um, so I don't understand every... how you how you say that you can't watch a game like you, you when you're at a game you can't see like what happens and like more than what you could see on TV. I when I go to a game like listen to the episodes where I go to Giants games and then listen to the episodes where I don't go to Giants games and tell me that I talk that I don't talk as good. You know what I mean? I talk so much better when I go to games. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I just, I, I've, I'm not as focused. You know, the one time where I was trying to be focused in and out, it, it was the, I mean, the game, the season was over and it was Eli Manning's last game. I was focused more on that. Um, Like we, like if you listen to our episode before that, it was like, we've given up on the season. Um, And we talked about everything, but like the actual game, that game. But anyways, that's an episode. We'll be back on Wednesday for a mailbag. Put that tweet out at Tuesday around 11. We'll have film review. We'll have a line report. We'll have the stat report. Um, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate it. There's Tony, young joker. We'll see you on Wednesday. Until then, let's go big blue.